Uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't like to lose. Uh, I developed a bad habit some years ago when uh, we got a Super Nintendo. And I, I remember this bad habit a few weeks ago when Alex wanted to get video games for this iPod Touch that he confiscated. And my wife happened upon Street Fighter. And I remember back in the day when we were playing Street Fighter and uh, I didn't like to lose. And so every now and then somebody would get the best of me. And I didn't like to lose. Some folk would call it uh, being a sore loser. But I developed a bad habit because I didn't like to lose. You see, every now and then when somebody would get the best of me, I would jump up run to the video game console and press reset. Start the game all over because I didn't like to lose. And so for a few moments of your time, I want to revisit that thought and talk about pressing reset. Because we're dealing today with the situation of David. And perhaps one of the most controversial situations of biblical times when David, King David, a man after God's own heart, the one who God anointed, when he became angry at Saul, when he sent Samuel to look after one, when he told Samuel, when Samuel looked at all of David's brothers and he saw David's brother and he said, surely he looks like a king. God told Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance. But I look at the heart. We're talking about King David. The one who slew Goliath with Five smooth stones in a slingshot. We're talking about King David. The one who the women said slain his ten thousands. And Saul slain his thousands. We're talking about King David. The great champion of Israel. The great king of Israel. We're talking about King David. And perhaps one of his greatest failures in history. One of the things perhaps he wishes that he could go back in time. Press. Reset. King David, like some of us, experienced a moral failure when David walks out on the rooftop. David being king, realizing somebody might have told him he can do anything he wants to do. He's the king of Israel. He can have anything he wants to have. And David takes a walk on a rooftop. He sees a pretty young woman named Bathsheba out there. 
And he sends his servant and says, go get her. I think I want her. Now, now, let me change the narrative for the way some of you heard it because some of you have heard that David committed adultery. Adultery means for some of our minds that Bathsheba consented. But I want you to understand, David said, I want her and so I can have her. David said, you are going to be mine. And really, Bathsheba, there's nothing you can do about it. And so David had his way with Bathsheba and sent her on her way. Bathsheba sends word to David. I'm pregnant. And you the daddy. You see my husband ain't here. He can't be the daddy. I'm pregnant, David, and, and, and you see the timeline means that you are the daddy. And so David now says, I'm stuck. I've got to fix this thing. And so David sees and he says, send me Uriah. And he tries to cover this thing up and he, he, he said, let me get Uriah drunk. Uriah, go home. You've been on the battlefield a long time. Go home and be with your woman. I, I know what it's like out there. Go home and rest your feet a while. But Uriah doesn't want to go home. And so now David is stuck. His cover-up plan doesn't work. And so David now sends Uriah with a death warrant. Said, now I want you to go out in war. And I want you to plan an attack. And I want you to send Uriah to the front line. And I want you to make sure that Uriah dies on the battlefield. David's casualty not only cost Uriah's life, but it cost the life of, of, of some soldiers. There, there's some collateral damage to trying to cover up David's sin. David, you know, sometimes you cover up and you hide it from folk. And you think you got away with it. But the Lord sends the prophet Nathan. Because the Lord wants us to know that sometimes we can fool folk. Sometimes we can make people think our stuff don't stink. But the Lord smells our stuff. And the Lord sends words to David by Nathan that your stuff stinks. And his sin has made it to the throne of the Lord. And then David your stuff don't smell like roses right now. Nathan says to David, David, look here, this, this is the situation. I, I want you to give a declaratory judgment. And David realizes that, that, that the person who does this deserves to die. 
the person who does this kind of thing deserves death. Then Nathan says some words to David that messes him all up. He says to David, thou art the man. David now realizes all of this stuff. He, he deserves to die. Yeah. And he repents. He, he tells the Lord, I'm sorry. And so here's the judgment of God. Here's how God declares judgment. God says to David, yes, you deserve to die, but I'm not going to sentence you to death. This is what I'm going to do. Your sins have caused a baby to be born. But that baby must die for your sins. That, that baby will die as a consequence for your sins. Here, here's what I want to suggest to us. That sometimes it does not make sense. The grace of God. Can I rationalize the Christmas story because we are here? In actuality, because a baby, our sins have caused a baby to be born. I, our sins have resulted in the birth of a baby that, 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 that must die as a consequence for our sins. It, it does not make sense because we deserve death. For all that we have done, but God did not allow us to die. But rather God transferred our sentence to the baby that was born, that innocent child. The sentence of death transferred to the child. But here we can learn from David how and how not to celebrate Christmas. Well, what happens because David spends a lot of time trying to change God's mind. Child is born and for seven days David is trying to change the mind of God. David is messed up like some of us. We, we have messed up. David understands that the child has been born because of his sin. David understands that the child must die because of his sins, but for seven days David is consumed with pleading for the child's life, but he never establishes a relationship with the child. Watch it in the text now. A whole lot of folk spend a lot of time in the church trying to act religious. But we never establish a relationship with a child that was born because of our sins and the child that died as a consequence of our sins. We spend a whole lot of time going through the motions. I don't want to call David's worship fake because he was worshiping God in the way that he knew how, but he never establishes a, a, a relationship with a child. Never does. For seven days, he tries to change God's mind. God says to him, David, because of your sin, 
This child must die. But for seven days, David spends trying to convince God that God is making a mistake. Well, what do you mean, preacher? It's hard for us. We come to church Sunday after Sunday, but the fact of the crucifixion is hard for us to talk about and deal with. Well, what do you mean, preacher? We, we skate over it. It, it. it becomes hard for us to deal with the fact that God would allow Jesus to go through all that he went through. And so we, rather than making ourselves form a relationship with the child, we would rather do things that look like we're working toward getting closer to God, trying to change God's mind. If only I can get closer to God in another way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If I could go another way. For seven days, this child is sick and suffering, ill and broken. David is praying. He's fasting. He's sleeping on the ground. But David is not a caregiver for the sick body of the child that dies for his sin. Well, 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 what happens to us a lot of times is that we complain about the church. Well, what, what do I mean? We complain about we complain about the body of Christ. We complain about other folk who are around us. We complain about folk. We complain about our brothers and sisters in Christ who are sick, who are suffering, who are going through. We complain about folk hurting people who hurt people. We complain about people who have issues. Who are simply working through their issues and trying to do it the best they know how. And call ourselves trying to get to heaven the best way we know how, but we never stop to be a caregiver. We never stop to pay attention in the Christmas season. We never stop give care to the sick body the suffering body for seven days David never cared for this body the suffering body of the child that was born as a result of his sins nor is dying as a consequence of his sins but then when David realizes that the child is dead. The Bible says the people notice a change in David's behavior. That is a conviction that the people notice. David gets up. Well, how do I, I, how do I know they notice the conviction that 
They tried to get David up. Y'all still not with me here? Because before David became king, y'all like to go to it and quote it every now and then before he became king. When he was living down in Ziklag, and he lost everything that he had. And the people talked about killing him. The Bible said that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. But David now was down on the ground. Couldn't pick himself up. But now that he realized the child was dead, David had a conviction about himself that he could get up because he realized that the child that was born as a result of his sin and died as a consequence of his sin he realized that the penalty had been paid because I want you to understand that even though David had repented God did not lift the punishment Can I, can I go back to my childhood? Mama, I'm sorry. Oh, y'all can't see my hand. Mama, I'm sorry. And somehow we thought that that would stop the leaks. But mama and daddy had enough sense. To know I'm sorry doesn't always work. What, what am I trying to, y'all, y'all, y'all still not getting it. David understood that God, even though he had repented, there were consequences that had to be paid. Sin has consequences. What am, what am I trying to say? Yes, Jesus paid it all. But I don't want you to think that because Jesus paid it all, you can get off scot-free. There, there, there's some conviction that he, yes, he paid it all, but I can get up. I don't have to stay down here. I don't have to wallow in my mess. Yes, he paid it all. But I don't have to stay here. Because the consequence has been paid. I, I don't have to keep on doing the same thing because the consequence has been paid. Yes, the, the, the bill has been paid. I, I don't have to keep running myself in the same old hole. The consequence has been paid. There's, there's some conviction. And then there's some confession. David cleans up. Understand for seven days. He laid there in sackcloth and in ashes for seven days. He laid there, didn't put any water on his body for seven days. Oh, y'all, y'all act like y'all ain't been around some funky folk for seven days. But now David said, I gotta clean up yeah, yeah. what I messed up. Yeah, yeah. There's some confession going on here. God is 
beginning to deal with David. David is understanding law. Yeah, yeah you, you go back to the 51st Psalm. David said, purge me and clean me with his So David is cleaning himself up. It's not just on the outside. But Lord, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Operate on me, Lord. Clean me up. David is changing his clothes. He's getting cleaned up. There's a conversion going on. His attitude is different. You see a whole lot of folk walk around saying, woe is me. But can I go to that sage wisdom that says you made your bed. Now you got to lay in it. And a lot of folk would look at David and say, I, I, I can understand what you are going through. But David understood that I brought this on myself. And, and the truth is that a lot of folk act like what we're going through is because somebody else is doing wrong to us. But David understood that because of what he had done, but at the same time, he began to understand that it was because of God's grace. It could have been a lot worse. And so there's also a sense of confirmation because he goes to the house of the Lord to worship. And, and so here's the question because I wondered in all of David's worship before, why hadn't David gone to the house of the Lord before? Those seven days of fasting and praying, David had not gone, but now David goes to the house of the Lord. And so I, I, I went and I revisited the call to worship. And the call to worship said, who may dwell in your sacred tent? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. In other words, David said, I know Now I know that I've been changed. You see, there are a whole lot of folk that have been through some stuff. But David said, now I know that I have been changed. And so how do I know that David proclaims his testimony not just now but for the rest of his life on his deathbed when he was getting ready to die they bring him a young Shunammite woman who 
the Bible says is very beautiful. A reminder of Bathsheba. And I can imagine folks saying, I know what David, the old David, would have done. And they put her in David's bed to keep him warm. But the Bible said David didn't touch her. And I believe David didn't touch her because David knew he had been changed. And I want to know if there's somebody here that when the Lord has dealt with you and you realize that the child that was born because of your sins and the child died as a consequence of your sins. You realize that you've been changed. You don't do what you used to do. But oh, this lineage. Why Solomon? David messes up. Messes up with Bathsheba. But he has a messed up definition of God's grace. Because David says, I believe that while the child was alive, that if I kept talking with God, God might be gracious to me and let the child live. But God presses reset in David's life. Because David had a messed up definition of God's grace. Just like you and I sometimes, David's definition of God's grace was messed up. It was dark. He says, I, I can't go to him. He can't come back to me, but I can go to him. And so God gives him a resurrection view of his grace. And so the Bible says, that David went back to Bathsheba. And she gave birth to Solomon. And the Lord loved Solomon. This is a reconciliation of the relationship between David and Solomon, David and God. Many of us have allowed sin to break our relationship with God. But God presses reset with the birth of Solomon. I want you to hear what God does because David names the child Solomon. David said, Lord, I'm making a peace treaty with this child. And so I'm calling him peace. And the Lord sends word by Nathan. Say, call him Jedediah. The Lord is a friend. Sin makes us an enemy of God. 
But God here through Solomon reconciles a broken relationship. God brings himself back to David. He said, I'm your friend. I know you messed up. And I know you wish you could press reset. And I know you realize what you deserve. But because I'm a gracious God, I didn't give you what you deserve. And this is the Christmas story because God has been gracious. God has not given us what we deserve. If the truth were told, many of us have messed up far worse than David. And some of us hadn't even got to the place of saying, I'm sorry. And so that's why Paul said that while we were yet sinners, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 